Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Good morning, Jacksonville. You know what this is? This is playoff football. I know it may not be the actual beginning of the postseason, but that's certainly what it is for your Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Breaking Bones. We are the kickoff to the kickoff show. Joe C. from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays, right here on the Superstation. And I see Dr. George Barry. I actually see him virtually uh, as he is ready to talk a little sports injuries with you. George Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. And we're coming to you by Zoom. And Gio, let's just tell everybody, I've got a cold and I've got a bad wheel. And you said you didn't even want to see me because I look so pitiful and I don't sound so well either, do I? No, you know, my New Year's resolution was to see less of you. <laughs> and I'm starting off very strong for at least that resolution. Yeah, I know. You're coming through big there. Now, listen, you know that we've got to hang on a Sunday morning because, you know, we kind of get everybody rock and rolling. But as I told you last week, I have this bad case of tendonitis, which it seems to me it's just moving all over my foot. Uh, but you've done very well to leap into action and help me. I'm going to update the listeners, and really, it's not an actual update for the listeners. It's more questions for you, but you you get where I'm going. Uh, and so I'm like living proof that there are sports injuries out there. So if you have them, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Uh, you can hit us with an ache or pain uh, coming out of New Year's, maybe. Uh, stuff that uh, you did not want to begin 2024 with. So you can do it real easily by hitting the text line, and we'll get geo on it uh right away all right six four one ten ten you can jump in that way uh, i've got to ask you know starting off 2024 in a bad way with this injury it sucks geo it really really does but how about you have you have you flown into 2024 looking for more well i, I will say it's funny i told someone the other day as i'm getting older it's getting harder to recover from all the stuff that we do like since thanksgiving i've been struggling i can't Wake up! I used to always wake up early. Can't wake up early. I struggle to wake up early. My body hurts. I, I need a break. I was telling my wife, I need a break from the holidays. I need to stop, like <laughs> people coming over, me going to people's houses, stop these gatherings. I need to just like woosaw and let my body heal from from. And I don't even drink, right? And I can only imagine what I feel like if I drank. Oh yeah, well I can I can I can describe that for you. <laughs> I can help you with that. Uh, but it's true because you kind of get into this wicked schedule where you're going here, going there, doing this, doing that. Oh, I got to shop. I got to buy this. I got to do whatever. And you got family coming in, wherever it might be, and you do get kind of worn out. And they always say it. Hey, you're supposed to enjoy the holidays, but at the same time, all you're doing is looking at a list and going from one place to another. It it, it happens. That's for sure. Well, look, I hope everybody rang in the new year. Did you stay up for New Year's Eve? I did. I stayed up. Surprisingly, my kids stayed up. Usually we, we put on some, like a YouTube video or some Netflix show that rings in the New Year's at like eight or nine o'clock for them because they don't they won't last <laughs> this enough. year. Yeah. They lasted till midnight. And by 1130, I was like, dude, I want to go to bed. And my wife goes, listen, they're up. It's already 1130. Just fight through another half hour. <laughs> we'll all do it together. Hey, thank goodness for Mrs. Dr. Bari that she keeps the uh, you know, the ship sailing. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Well, it, you know, I, I stayed up. I watched it all. But like I said, I got the, the, the tendonitis. So it's at least talk about it real quick because there's got to be plenty of other people that have either dealt with it 
uh, and know somebody. And anyway, this is what we do. We inform people. And so I've got the bad ankle. And you and I looked at it uh, last Sunday. And we immediately, you immediately, I'm the radio doctor, I'm just guessing, you immediately zeroed in on peroneal tendonitis. And basically what I did was I was going to the gym and I was getting on the treadmill and I was doing it every single day, trying to get ready for my lab work. I'm an idiot. I have high cholesterol. So I'm out there. I'm, I'm just basically getting on the treadmill, walking four minutes, trying to run three minutes, walking for anyway, I was doing it every single day. Well, the pounding of my feet, it really got me. And I'm telling you, it lit my leg on fire, Geo. And then the pain started to go from one place to another. Now that's just me, what, overcompensating or why would it do that, you think? Well, I mean, look, anytime you haven't done anything in a while and then go full force at it, it you know, you can have inflammation, you can have pain just because your body's not used to it. Now, when I first saw you, you were tender right behind. If you look at your ankle, you got that, that lateral malleolus or the the ball of the outside of the ankle right behind it you have a couple peroneal tendons and if you're thin enough you can actually feel them um if you, you got to have a little bit of less fat than normal one you can kind of feel those tendons but it goes right behind it and so anyways you were tender right on that spot and then that was i think sunday when when we did our show mm -hmm. and then by wednesday when i saw you uh on the xl prime time your whole ankle was swollen and what's interesting is you weren't even tender in that spot anymore you were just tender all over the whole ankle so we gave a couple options let's try some therapy and of course uh you were like no i need to know what if something's broken what if this and that we get an x-ray it was negative so i think you are scheduled to get an mri at some point just to make sure that we have nothing crazy going on and what's so strange and again i i i'm i'm sure i'm like a lot of people i can get in my own head and I start to think other things. Well, I, I know what pain feels like. And if it's moving from one spot to another, it does freak me out just a little bit. So anyway, the pain, it still radiates through the whole foot. You know, it aches. But then it started to really be concentrated on the top, you know, right there where it hinges yeah. uh, on, the, on that ankle joint. And then a couple of days later, I get up and it's on the back left corner of the heel. And then the next morning, it's, on, it's just flat on the bottom of the yeah. heel, like on the center. I don't know what's going on. Well, I will say this. When, when I first saw you, you know, it was tender right in that spot. And then a couple of days later, over, I think New Year's Day, you're like, hey, this is really hurting me. Do you think I have gout? And I was like, look, gout goes to a joint. Um, and where your tender is just your, your tendon. And then on Wednesday, of course, it's your whole ankle. Your joint's tender. Everything's tender. Your whole ankle is now actually very swollen. And it wasn't – it was minimally swollen just over that area when I saw you originally. But now your whole ankle was swollen and the pain was diffuse. Of course, the pain can be diffused because you're swollen, um, but mm -hmm. we'll get that MRI to make sure nothing else is going on. Uh, you did have a boot. I'm not sure if it's helping you too much or not, but if I had to guess, this MRI is going to come back with just inflammation, and you're going to end up doing some physical therapy anyways. Yeah, and probably get it. And here's the other thing I'd like for you to ex explain to people because they, I'm sure they wonder, is when is it good to get a cortisone? Where on your body is it good to get a cortisone shot? Uh, and just kind of go through those options. Yeah, I mean, look, you can get a cortisone shot almost anywhere. The, the biggest places you don't want to get one are your patellar tendon, um, your Achilles tendon, your quadricep tendon, your tricep tendon. Those are very prone to uh, rupture if you get a cortisone shot there. Now, you some people will do them once. Uh, I don't like that because I think it's too high of a risk, but you can't try it. I, I'm not one to do that. Um, but other than that, you can get it. 
in any joint. Uh, you can definitely get get it in the peroneal tendon sheath. I've done that plenty of times, and usually people get great results. And I will say I do the cortisone shot in the peroneal tendons kind of as a third option after you've done a couple other things and it hasn't worked. Um, but you can definitely do it if if all else has failed, and I've seen some good results with it. And then the other last one, because I keep begging you for more intel, uh, because, look, uh, I, I, I know, like we said, it's moved in certain areas because here's what I think here's what you do. You overcompensate. You're starting to do different things, walk differently. Your gait changes, your stance changes, all these different things happen. But the bottom line is the actual heel. It's just laying it on the bed hurts. Uh, and then when you get up and you, you actually kind of create that arching motion when you're trying to walk, and you feel the heel really kind of, hey, hello, this hurts. You know, what would that be uh, related to the peroneal tendon? Yeah, I, I, you know, the peroneal tendon should not make your heel hurt because those are two different right. things. Um, like I mentioned, your your case has kind of changed. So the first time I saw you, you were just spot tender with minimal mm -hmm. swelling, and now you have diffuse swelling with diffuse tenderness so the, the the way that your pain and injury is has definitely changed in about a week's time so i think the mri would be good for you and, and see what's going on all right so let's get to a handful of sports injuries if you guys want to jump in six four one ten ten you have an ache or pain fellowship trained under the renowned dr james andrews dr george Barry can definitely help you at least point you in the right direction we've got a few questions off the text line so all you got to do is hit it six four one ten ten and you can let us know what you're thinking now, we've got the Jaguars in a must-win situation to take the AFC South. Imagine this, back-to-back -back years of winning the AFC South. We know how long it's been, how rare it is, uh, and this football team is trying to do it. All they got to do is beat the Tennessee Titans today. We've got the kickoff show coming up in just a little bit, presented by Famous Quick Loop, or excuse me, title sponsor, Famous Quick Loop, and then presented by Gatorade Fast Switch and Clearwater Irrigation. You see how I try and take care of everybody? You sponsor the fifth quarter, so I'm just trying to make sure I get it right. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> there's too many sponsors to keep up with. No, there's not. No, there's not. I'm just trying to make sure everyone gets recognition. That's all I'm after. All right, so when we talk about today, two quarterback questions, Trevor Lawrence and Will Levis. Let's, of course, begin with Trevor. You're talking about an AC joint. You're talking about uh, the severity of it is unknown, at least at this point. We feel like it might be a grade one, which I want you to go through, but we haven't really gotten a clear picture that Trevor's going to be 100% going into the game today. Yeah. You know, I did hear somewhere that there was question whether he actually had a labrum tear. Is that something that you had heard also? All I've heard is that there's a, that, you know, I keep using that term gray area, which is covers a lot of things. That's why it's gray area, but yeah, that there were, we're and you might go through this because when that right arm is completely stretched out, body surging forward, all the weight going towards it, and he lands abruptly, you know, running to the sidelines, where kind of go through where the labrum is and where the AC joint is and how that could come into play. Yeah, so, so the labrum is in the joint. Um, it's kind of like an O-ring, what I like to tell people. It, and it basically gives it stability. So – the AC joint is outside of the shoulder joint. It's up top. It's that bump we always talk about right above your shoulder. Two different things. They have two different jobs. One is to give yourself, you know, the shoulder stabilities so the ball and socket is stable. And one is to allow motion. Now, if you have a labrum tear, um, I, I think it would be a little bit more worrisome than a grade one ACL. 
because the labrum tear can require surgery if it does not get better. You can try to do therapy on it um, and see if that gets better on its own with therapy. You could try a shot to see if that helps, but that's not guaranteed that it's going to work. A grade one ACL, I've never had anyone have a long-term issue with it. Usually they all do fine. Labrum is a little bit more uh, you know, debatable uh, if you're going to get better or not. Many people do without surgery, but the fear is, you know, you don't, and then it will require surgery. And, you know, we saw Trevor Lawrence um, in practice was limited. You know, he didn't throw in the beginning when the the media was out there uh, on Wednesday. And Mm -hmm. so he wasn't like, hey, that game finished Sunday. Now he's full force practice for the rest of the week. Uh, He definitely took his time to go back in. And uh, to be honest, um, he doesn't sound as – what's the word I'm looking for as, um, you know, as confident what, you know, when he hurt his ankle mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm going to go in there. Right. And now when, with his shoulder, he's kind of like, you know, I feel good, but there's some things that kind of hurt when I do it. And it's a little bit more wishy-washy than he usually is, which is a little bit worrisome. So, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I will say it's, I think it's a little bit more worrisome than the other injuries when he was gung ho saying, I'm going to play. There's no issues. Yeah. And, and you kind of get a little defeated. I would think. You overcome one thing, you kind of beat uh, what is described as, you know, insurmountable odds, and yet you are back out there. And he said he was blessed with good genes. We heard a lot of things that he had to say. But how about this? Along with the right shoulder comes the left finger, which was listed on the injury report yesterday. Uh, No, I shouldn't say yesterday. It was earlier in the week. Uh, And so now you have a left finger injury. Uh, not mentioned a week ago, but now it has been, you know, at least in the discussion. So, again, that's when you start oh, to feel boy. a little defeated. Now, we don't know what the left finger injury is. We really right. don't. Uh, maybe he hurt. Maybe it was a cork on a bottle, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on New Year's Day. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, what? And, and, and I'll just go through this. Remember Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert ended up having a left finger problem. It was his non-throwing hand. Then he gets another injury and it goes to the throwing uh, a hand and then he's out. So we can see these guys, if they have a jam finger, whatever it might be, non-throwing hand, they can splint it up. But we really don't know exactly what the uh, severity of it is. Yeah, but I will say it's his non-throwing hand. So I don't see any, I don't think he'll have any issues. Maybe it might be sore when he catches a snap, but it's not his dominant hand. So I don't think there'll be any problems. Uh, with that, whatever that injury is. Okay, and so now let's just go back to one other thing. And again, you're not a, a, a quarterback whisperer like Denny Thompson. You're a guy who deals with the injuries. But when we talk about AC joint, you talk about pain threshold, you talk about throwing motion. And if you do feel pain, you're probably going to have just a little hitch in your giddy-up. That's an old country uh, slogan there. Um, what What would he be dealing with when he goes to full – like, I need to create some velocity. I need to drive the football. What type of things might they be able to do to get him back to feeling uh, capable and confident? I mean, look, I mean, you you can do a cortisone shot or a lidocaine shot, at least. Let's say lidocaine, where mm-hmm. you do, uh, you know, just numbs it up. Some lidocaine, marcaine, marcaine lasts a little longer than lidocaine. And it numbs it up and you have no pain. And, and then you go in. Okay. I don't mind doing that for a type 1 AC joint where I know there's minimal injury already to the shoulder and he's just having a little bit of pain that's preventing, you know, him to get to his maximum potential. So I wouldn't mind doing that. I mean, we've done it before, uh, done it for, um, 
um, for toes, for turf mm-hmm. toe, right? People who are, are struggling with it. And so, you know, injuries where the risk of having a worse injury is very small. I think it's okay to, to, to do that. Like I keep using myself as an example, and I'm a bit of a whiner in the difference between maybe today and next Sunday, I might feel 100% better. So Trevor Lawrence, when he had the AC joint injury, we're going back to Christmas Eve against the Bucks. They don't play him this past Sunday against the Panthers. C.J. Beathard leads the Jaguars to a win, ending a four-game losing streak. How much better does that extra seven days of rest add up to? Well, you know, one week is definitely great rest time, especially for an injury. I think any days you can get, especially when you go on a week without getting hit, right? That's that's a big thing. He's had complete rest. It's going to be two weeks, basically, when he hasn't been touched as a quarterback, which is great for him. Uh, C.J. Beathard did the job and uh, gave uh, Trevor Lawrence time, you know, enough time to get rest. Now, here's my question to you, Joe. We don't know the full extent of his injury. And right. let's say – he comes out of the game. He plays and go and says, "Hey, he takes a hit. My shoulder's killing me. What are the chances? How much trust do you have in CJ C. Beathard to, to win this game?" <laughs> I, I basically have sixty minutes of trust at home, uh, and I'll go back to my childhood days. Uh, and Casey, my dad, would say, uh, "Son, uh, I know you're capable of getting in trouble, so I'm only going to leave you for a short amount of time. And I'm going to make sure you stay right here." You know, and so that's basically, I'm not dropping you off at the mall. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you're here. So C.J. Beathard at home, much better chance of success than on the road. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are not a good football team. Let's be real. They're kind of old and broken in a lot of areas. We don't know the health of their quarterback, their defense. They may have already checked out. So C.J. Beathard, he could go up there. He could pilot the offense uh, and and maybe not score a lot of points and maybe do it efficiently. But if they start to get after him, they start to get through this offensive line, forget about it. C.J. Beathard, you can't bank on that, bro, especially when you're trying to win the AFC South. And so I do think Trevor's going to try and gut it out uh, because 60 minutes of C.J. Beathard was good. You add another 90 minutes to it or another 60 minutes, who knows? Um, do you feel confident with C.J. Beathard well, going up there? Does I will say George this. feel confident about that? I mean, I, I will say that I think our um, game plan was different, and I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, well, you know, see, that, that's a positive because they shortened up the passing right. uh, just as far as play calls. Hey, the yards per attempt, they're not going to be great, but let's just but, make sure we complete these passes and turn up the field. Yeah, and, and listen – um, Trevor Lawrence in the second half of the season has not been this bomb passer throwing bombs down the field. I mean, he just in the beginning he was great, and I think he's kind of tailed off for whatever reason, as our record has tailed off with it. So I don't think there's any problem going short field. I mean, you got guys who can do that all day. I mean, Ingram can get you short yards all day if you throw. You know what I like? Right? You what I like more than anything else is that Trevor stood on the sidelines and watched another guy operate within the offense. And yes. I think that's probably – that was good for his eyes to see. You know, as he was healing the shoulder, his eyes were also probably looking at it and going, you know what, I probably need to fix a few things here uh, and get a right. little better. And so maybe that is maybe that is what will happen. But I do agree. Operate within the offense. Create high-percentage throws. 
get that run game going because we know that that was a major piece of it, the fact that they got Travis Etienne involved and with the big play. But I remind everybody on XL Primetime, and we'll say it again going into the, to the kickoff show today, they have gone 90 minutes of football in the first half. That's three football games without a touchdown. And so right. they can't do that. They need to get in the end zone. They need to work with the lead. And and Trevor, Trevor will get bodies off of him. And you know that with the run game, that, that he needs to take less hits, not hold the ball as long. What does that mean? Short passing and run the football, right? It, yeah. I, I also have one more thing that I noticed. Is it just me or every time Bethard runs out of the pocket, he's slow to get up. Like he either just got destroyed or he can't breathe. <laughs> you know what he is? He's an old man. That's what it is. Is uh, like we said, coming through the holidays, we feel a little bit older. CJ Beathard is like, you know, he, he if he takes a hit, he's, he's staring at the dirt and he's looking and he goes, "I am too old for this crap." You know, remember uh, Crash Davis and Bull Durham? I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. Crap. And yeah. so that's that's probably what he's thinking. But I I, I credit. The game plan, I credit Doug Peterson and them, and let's hope they do so. They do more of the same stuff today against the Titans. Now let's hit Will Levis. He has a foot injury, and we saw it get rolled over in the game against the Houston Texans, and basically not knowing the length of uh, the severity of the injury, the length of time it's going to get uh, for him to come back 100%, but limited in practice, and if they don't see him, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to come out and start. So anyway, the foot got rolled, and it looked like from the from basically the top of the ankle joint down the foot is kind of the direction that it got rolled. What 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 do you think he's dealing with? Just swelling? Yeah, I mean it's uh, swelling, a sprain. You know, he he can have a foot sprain and an ankle sprain. Um, so e- either one of those, it's hard to tell. Obviously, and they're, and they're you know anytime someone says foot or ankle in the NFL. It's always vague unless they specifically, you know, you see the ankle roll. But um, you could definitely have – we've definitely seen foot injuries when they say it's ankle injury and vice versa. But um, I think his is going to be the same as Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be a pain tolerance thing. And we've all seen ankle and foot sprains. People come back in a week, and we've all seen them come back two, three weeks. So it really just is going to depend on the severity of it. All right, a couple of other ones, and again, these are also very vague. We know how the NFL works. They name a body part, but they don't really go deep into it. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa with a shoulder, Josh Allen with a neck stinger. Maybe you can hit that one. The neck stinger, they said there's some residual soreness there. Uh, you talk about that area of the body, you got to be very careful. And Josh Allen is a guy that definitely likes to take off. He doesn't avoid contact maybe as much as he should but when you say neck stinger what are we looking at yeah so basically it's when the nerves in the neck and the shoulder are stretched or you know compressed like squeezed together after you get hit uh, very common in football it's usually just in football uh, I, I haven't really seen it in other sports so although it definitely can happen but basically what happens is the nerve gets stretched or or compressed and it causes a temporary injury and you get numbness tingling um, you can have definitely have weakness. Um, and so coming back to the field is uh, basically you can only come back to the field when these symptoms go away, right? Th- those are, th- that's the correct w- way to treat them during a game. Um, if they don't go away, or if you have 
severe muscle weakness that doesn't improve, then there's a chance that you can have increased trauma or um, make it, you can make it worse if you do go back on the field and, and not wait for the resolution of symptoms. So that's the biggest thing. You have to have complete resolution of symptoms. The fact that you're still having some, they say that he's still having some symptoms from it. You know, in reality, it's a, it's a contraindication, um, I think, to, to go back and play because you have to have complete symptoms. That's really the correct thing to do. But, you know, what do I know? People are getting ankle fractures and playing in like three weeks or an Achilles tear <laughs> at, at 40 years old and coming back in three months. So it's crazy. And you, by the way, a Ron Aaron Rodgers is running the scout team uh, at quarterback. So it is nuts. It really is. All right, let's sneak a couple questions in here. I got to ask you about any, maybe uh, forget about the resolutions, maybe a January resolution, uh, because that's a big thing. I got to ask you that before we're done. Um, but here's a question off the text line at six, four, one, 10, 10. Is there a way to prevent my Achilles from always being tight every morning? 36 years old, athletic, never torn or injured it. Some days it takes a while to warm and loosen up uh, in the morning uh, before working out. Yeah, you can get what we call night splints. Um, there's names for them, either plantar fasciitis nice night splint or an Achilles night splint. They're the same exact thing, just different words. We do it a lot for plantar fasciitis. But basically what it is, you put it on. And it keeps your Achilles stretched because when you sleep, we all get into the fetal position and you're, and you, you do what we call plantar flexion, your Achilles contracts. And so when you wake up in the morning, it stretches. Um, and so that can help out. I will say, honestly, I've had some people do it. Most people don't like it because they don't like to be in that position when they sleep, but you can definitely try it. The other thing is keep stretching it. You know, if you keep stretching the Achilles over time, you will be able to, get it to not feel as tight um, when you do wake up. But that is the reason why when he wakes up in the he or she wakes up in the morning, it's tight is because it gets in that plantar flex position. Imagine mm -hmm. what I tell people, imagine when you're in a hotel and the bed sheets are all tucked in and you put your feet in and your foot's pointed down, right? And that's yeah. the position we all get in when we sleep half the time. So that's why your Achilles tightens up when you uh, go to take, take a walk in the morning. Seinfeld reference. Are you a big Seinfeld fan? Yes. Okay. Do you remember when they were at the hotel? I think it was in LA. Jerry and, and George, separate beds, of course. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but separate beds. And and the maid asked whether they wanted the sheets tucked or not. And so she tucked them and George could not get out. <laughs> they were just I, jammed in there. Yeah. The Classic. first thing I do is I untuck every sheet on the bed. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable how they do that. All right, here's one more question from last week that I believe you brought up one of the um, therapy routes that I could go with my ankle because the question is, is Voltaren gel safe to take with ibuprofen? Is Voltaren gel safe? Okay, so in theory, they say no because – they're both anti-inflammatories. Now, saying that, like if you if you look at a Voltaren gel packet, uh, it will tell you be careful for stomach upset, etc. Because although it is topical, uh, it does it will have still some systemic effects. Now, like saying that, I don't think you have many systemic effects with a topical gel and diclofenac. I think it's more of a um, covered CYA thing that they put on, on these bottles, right? But, I think it's okay if you do it every once in a while. I wouldn't make it a habit of doing both. 
at, at okay. you know, all the time. If you want to do it every now and then because you're still having some pain, I think it's okay. Um, but like I said, it's not recommended. But once every, you know, so often it's not going to gonna kill you. Uh, but it's, it is, we don't recommend it, but I don't think if you do it once every while, um, there's going to have any damage. I'm trying, I'm trying to protect myself here, Joe. Oh yeah. Believe me. I understand it. Yeah. Like, like more than anything else, just be sensible. Yeah. Because you can't just go you know, a, a bottle of ibuprofen because you're in pain. Yeah. Be sensible. That's for sure. You know what we got to be sensible about time. We're done. We're out of here. We got the kickoff to the kickoff show complete. They're coming up next. Uh, Geo, don't forget. They can go to barriorthopedics.com. They can see all that you offer, uh, you know, take care of people all over the first coast, and then they can go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, Google, Apple, Spotify. You can uh, definitely give us a rating, like us, follow, subscribe. You can also listen to us on the 1010XL website, um, and then go from there. All right, uh, go Jags. You got the kickoff to the kickoff show complete. Joe C. from XL Primetime. Talk to you, Manana and Dr. George Barry. Give me a go Jags. Go Jags. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. on 1010XL.